to the Cinderella podcast, where each week we watch and review every single Cinderella version we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Cadaverella made in 2007, which is the voodoo zombie Cinderella. It sure is. Yeah, this is a, a zombie, bloody, death, violence, swearing Cinderella. So if you put this podcast on for your tiny tots to listen to maybe not this episode yeah maybe maybe next episode next episode should be chill so yeah so this was made in 2007 and uh this is our first ever proper both of us doing a cinderella halloween halloween cinderella ween a spookerella a spooky cinderella yeah, so this is my first because I didn't watch last week, which I stand by. Um, this <laughs> is, is probably riot, a good so. Call. Can, so, can I just tell you some details about the IMDb page first? Please, I looked at it, but tell me anyway. Okay, so it has uh, a surprising amount of ratings. Um, nine, to be specific. One of them is a nine out of ten. The others are all either 7 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. And I agree with both of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's exactly what I would have imagined for it. So I, I guess we just dive right in. Um, you didn't have more IMDb things to tell me? You made it sound like you had a lot. The IMDb did tell me that multiple uh, characters in this film will be played by the same actor, which I was prepared to be very confused about because Talon, as we've discussed a whole bunch of times, is face blind. And I'm usually pretty good at seeing faces. So I knew this was going to happen. Listeners, I I had no idea until the end when the credits rolled and I saw them on screen together. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was great because this movie really empathized emphasize the accessories so that you could distinguish characters played by the same person so like one guy would have dark hair in a wheelchair and the other guy would have blonde hair in a leather jacket and I was like that's exactly how I see people all the time that's perfect thank you it was was great it was wonderful it's very easy to identify who was who at every given scene helped that there were a minimal number of characters and uh the thing that a lot of people complained about in the IMDb were some of the uh, inconsistencies, scare quotes in the film, which uh, not going to spoil it right now, but they all get wrapped up very neatly at the end. So I don't think they were loose threads. I think we just saw a weird fairy tale Cinderella snap cut from part of a much bigger story, which I'm fascinated by. Interesting. I can't so, wait to address this. Yeah. So, Talon, do you want to do our opening? Do you want to? Do you want to be the one to okay. induct our listeners into this? Okay. So we start with a boot on screen stomping on a shovel to dig what we later find out is a shallow grave. And yep. as he digs the first like clop of dirt in the hole, you see in red writing a big Adam production. And I thought that was incredibly cheesy. And it made me so hopeful for this movie immediately. (laughs) We then pan to a red-haired lady 
oh, she's naked, is what my notes say. And <laughs> the narration of said lady goes, before you get too revved up, you should know that you're looking at a dead girl. I don't mind if that's your thing, obviously. I'm dead. And we find out that her name is Cinder, and this is our protagonist. Yep. That, that opening just sets the tone for the entire movie. Whatever's happening, there's a voiceover. The movie is very self-aware. So she, she wants us to know that the person digging her grave is Cash, very subtly named, uh, since money will be a driving... <laughs> um, motivator motivator a driving motivator in this film i love that his name is cash that made me very happy he has a blonde wig which is supposed to be his real hair a leather jacket and a um motorcycle okay i want to say that all the wigs in this movie are really really bad wigs like they went to a halloween store and bought wigs there not like they Mm -hmm. went to a wig store um, yep. because I'm not like good at spotting when people are wearing wigs on TV or in movies I just find out about it later when people complain that they're bad uh, this is not that this is yeah. literally just the worst wig you can imagine yeah this is I found this in the back of my high school theater that um, this is high school theater level productions uh, wig wigitude there was a lot in this that was high school theater level production value. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it. Um, <laughs> so Cinder wants us to know that she is not white trash. She's not one of those people that ends up as a sad picture of a kid on the back of a milk carton. And uh, then we get the opening credits, which is a lot of handheld shaky cam footage of a forest at night. And this very bizarre sort of red ribbon lettering that is floaty red ribbons that's sort of blood-like and dissolves into letters is very 2007 very just very uh I liked it got (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I remember the aughts fondly it was a much simpler time than this hell decade and uh they're playing some rock and music pretty good jam like I would party to that music the, my notes for this are, are these the entire credits, like all of the credits, because they just mentioned the lighting and the rigging guy on there. Yeah, they go on for a long time and it eventually ends on just a blue screen continuing to do lettering. Very, very long opening credits. The longest opening credits we've ever seen, I think, and that includes The Slipper and the Rose. I didn't time it because I was having such a good time listening to the rock music that I was not counting the minutes so I can neither confirm nor deny that okay it definitely didn't feel as long as the slipper in the rose and that's the important thing it is so we get a little bit of uh her backstory she had a pretty good childhood she lived in this very nice suburban house with her dad uh, because <laughs> her mom died after she was born can I, can I interrupt you for just one second yes my note just says weird house i notated it as pointy house i've just got like 50 e's in the word weird it is an incredibly bizarre house my carpenter husband would have conniptions looking at it i'm sorry please continue (laughs) it has a lot of points on the roof it's not important yep um so we see we see kind of a blurry man 
saying hello cinder and it's a memory of her father and she says that he must have been lonely though because he married a lady named belladonna who she calls an ex-stripper and belladonna brought with her her two mutant offspring Mm -hmm. belladonna is wearing a terrible blonde wig intense green eyeshadow a very green dress and just the weirdest sunglasses just very 60s sunglasses very small and pointy so the the eye part the glass part of these glasses is indeed small the frame part is massive it's like a scuba mask it's just it's fully half of her face and we get introduced to her in this very bizarre scene where the father has picked up cinder and is spinning her around in a hello and the camera spins around the room and so we look at the room as though we ourselves were spinning very unpleasantly and then it stops dead on the stepmother it's very looks jarring. like an angry dragonfly yes that is yes oh thank you i didn't have a good description <laughs> so we got our voiceover of belladonna saying we'll let the kids get to know each other and then there was a very awkward sex scene kind of we should describe the the daughters for a second oh do we have to they were so creepy okay so they're tiny tiny children maybe five or six maybe seven uh and they're wearing very creepy identical very fake black curly wigs in sort of black pinafore dresses what's that horror movie where there are twins at the end of the hallway Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. The Shining. The Shining. I haven't seen The Shining. I just know about the twins. They're those twins, but smaller and with black clothes and really creepy black fake wigs. They're also not actually twins. I think they just got two random girls. Sure. If you dress them identically and put them in identical wigs, I cannot tell the difference. (laughs) Fair enough. Also, we're told that it was from a one-night stand later, so they have to be at least fraternal twins. Okay. I think one was Asian, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, in-universe, in the story, they had to have been <laughs> at least fraternal twins. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, we do get that an extremely weird sex scene. Uh, you want to have a stab at it? Sure. So... Donna's in bed. The bed is draped in mosquito curtains. There's a green overhead light shining down on her very weird fake platinum pixie cut wig. And she's wearing a white corset. I'm sorry. Why do you call it a pixie cut every time it's a bob? Do you not know what a bob is? I have princess length hair. Anything below my shoulder blades is a pixie cut. (laughs) like I mean anything above like anything shorter than shoulder length hair is a pixie cut for me because everything longer is just princess hair I see carry on (laughs) I'm not wrong um (laughs) so she's wearing like a a white lingerie um uh, with corset situation corset with sort of matching uh panties and garter and stuff and she's moving gesticularly. She's um, narrating everything she does. She does. And with the sec- name of the move. 
it's yeah, the least like, sexy thing I've ever seen. It was incredible. I loved it. It was like at one point she's on her back and she's opening and closing her legs in the air and she's going scissor legs, scissor legs, scissor legs. And she's doing it badly, by the way. Her transitions are not smooth. She's not terribly flexible. So it's and she's not a great performer. So it's it's not even in universe sexy, but she has some toys with her and she's asking um if this is what he would like. It it's the father but he is still not quite off screen but on the other side of the curtains and we don't see him clearly and he's just standing eerily still almost as though he's going to die soon um but surely probably, that couldn't be it probably to escape because the then we wouldn't need to have this long sex scene yeah no this would be a weird thing to have right before a death but guys i gotta i gotta tell you the toys that she has with her in bed that he likes is a licorice whip which okay i can i can see somebody being into that but the next thing is a shop back which i don't want to think about for a second i can't stop thinking about it i've my husband is a carpenter we have a shop back it's the vacuum i used to clean the house i've been working with it for the last week because i've been redoing a room in my house i that that really that hit close to home i didn't like it at all that made me very uncomfortable personally the man standing behind the screen curtains is moaning in a way that doesn't necessarily imply that he's in the best of health at that moment. And we like to cut between this scene and the children sitting downstairs. So the two creepy twins are sitting on the sofa side by side, unblinking, watching Cinder sit in a chair, reading Nietzsche. She's spotlit. It's the creepiest scene I've ever seen. The light coming from the staircase is just blood red light. But she is spotlit in white. The twins are just staring at her, unmoving, unblinking. And we keep cutting between the, the, the three of them and the intro to sex scene with the moaning happening upstairs. And uh, it's deeply uncomfortable it's real bad yeah and so at one point cinder gets up and just turns the chair around so that she can't see the twins looking at her and then she hears a thump and looks up at the ceiling and the captions here by the way the captions are the mvp in this guys the captions had me just howling with laughter (laughs) the captions here are surprise trumpet (laughs) (laughs) uh we see Frank either have a stroke or a seizure, and he's not doing okay. He's foaming and, at the mouth. <laughs> yeah. And the twins whisper into each other's ears, but we hear it in our ears as if they're whispering directly into the microphone. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, like, jarring sensory experience. It sure was. It sure was. The dad, Frank, opens his eyes to see Donna, and he groans, and then he closes his eyes again, and she goes, well, shit. I, I couldn't tell if she was upset that he was alive or if she was upset that he had died. I think she was upset that he had died because she was into his money. Okay. So, yeah, but the it's a blinky eye cam view. So the camera is in the shape of an eye and we're just looking up as though we are Frank, having died on the floor, having watched this horrific sex scene. And she eats the licorice whip as she goes, ah, shit. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I did not, unfortunately. So we cut to his grave. 
small cinder is at his grave trying very hard to cry that actress is doing a fabulous job trying to cry god bless her she's trying uh stepmother is there wearing black and wearing like a close sort of uh chinese cut high collar dress uh very 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 blonde and looking impatient and smoking we get the narration i don't think donna spent much time grieving only missed she only missed the money and we're told that he left her an allowance but it wasn't enough to keep her in the style she was accustomed to she cut expenses first by cutting the servants pay and then that was closely followed by all the servants leaving and then she hawked her jewelry and then her car got repossessed but it seems that cinder's dad wasn't completely blinded by lust because he left most of his money to cinder in a trust fund which she can't touch until she's 21 which just so happens to be in three days um except of course she's going to be dead by then yeah uh one tiny note during the exposition of giving money away we get little clip art dollars floating across the screen and getting smaller as they diminish and it was Mm. a beautiful effect it was great so we cut to heavy breathing and moaning which sounds exactly like the father dying yeah i thought this was gonna be another like fake out but it's not it's not so we see somebody it turns out this is cinderella it took me a while to figure this out she's giving dot 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 someone a hand job he's tied up in a wheelchair why who knows who is this we don't know Um, we later find out this is justin yes Justin is described in uh, all the synopses as her best friend, which I, we could discuss that later. Um, I mean, he calls himself her best friend. Yes. Uh, so she goes to wash her hands and says, and he goes, aren't you going to untie me? And she goes, oh, you're so fussy. Tie me up, untie me. And he's like, I mean, tie me up was your idea. And she's like, yeah, it's safe sex which given how she dies is pretty funny <laughs> i'm just saying um you know what so she, that's pretty fair yeah so she she unties him and he sort of he either pinches her butt or smacks her butt and she goes see or something and he's like oh don't worry snow white your maiden head is still intact which is a weird thing to say yeah especially because that's just not in any way like that moment is really out of character for him as a character like the rest of the movie his character is the in love best friend who is not creepy just like the very in love best friend so that was a weird moment yeah it didn't there were a lot of moments that i felt like they had written because they thought it would be cool or funny and they didn't really care whether it fit into the narrative at all. And they just smushed it in there. A lot of things got smushed in this film. This is a smush film. <laughs> oh, uh, God. <laughs> um, so she asks him, she pokes through some of the uh, books and stuff on his desk. And she picks up a little clay doll and she asks him about it. And he says that it is Baron Semity, a Haitian god. The captions here go, an Asian god. 
Um, Which is what I wrote with like three question marks. Yeah, no, I I knew it was Haitian and the subtitles are just not very good. And he, Justin explains that Baron Samedi is a god of the underworld and don't mess with him and tells her not to steal it, you little klepto. And then she steals it immediately. Yes. So I did a little bit of Googling on Baron Samedi because I was really curious about how they were going to do with this as a concept. Mm -hmm. And they evidently went to the same wiki page that I went to because they did a fairly good job. (gasps) That's awesome. Yeah. They included nothing that wasn't in the wiki page, which is, yeah, uh, passageway to the underworld, death, uh, fertility, sort of pranks, paybacks, not to be messed with. But he's basically described and sort of depicted as sort of Dr. Facilier, but (laughs) with more rum and sex and swearing. This is a rum, sex, and swearing god, but also death and fertility. So just all those things. Yes. Those are the things that I remember from vaguely Googling it one time um, (laughs) and will now talk about. (laughs) Yep. Vague Googles. so we cut to a circle cam of somebody watching her because she and Justin are going to go for coffee and they're walking there and where somebody's circle cam spying on her. And they're recording the audio because the audio gets blurry and there's like snaps. So you can take that there. You can see that they're taking pictures mm-hmm. and we don't get to find out what what's happening there for a while. Nope. nope and that's... instead we go to a cafe in which they're playing truth or bollocks great i love it (laughs) in which they say a statement and then the other person has to guess whether it's true or just made up yep one of them is alexander the great got bitten by his gardener's pet monkey and that's how he died and supposedly that's true we did not google this yet we cannot we can neither confirm nor deny the truth of this statement but then his turn comes up and he goes Donald Duck's middle name and she finishes the sentence for him um and he's basically he doesn't like this game he's salty about it because he always loses because she works in a library and I think that these people think that working in a library means that you just have all the knowledge in your brain of all the books contained therein no that is how it works is that how that works? I was going to say you work in a library. Is that is that your experience? Is that your lived reality? That is completely correct. I am one with the library. I touched one book one time and just absorbed the knowledge of every book in the building. Goddamn. <laughs> just right. don't ask me anything. <laughs> I'm not at work right now. It, it only works if you are on your way to work, I guess, getting coffee. So she bitches about wanting money and being excited for her inheritance she's mad because that four-eyed bitch Lenore always follows her (laughs) and Justin sort of teases her saying you know mouths along with her because she's always saying the same thing and he doesn't want her to leave he wants her to stay he doesn't want her money he just wants to be with her sort of her plan, her plan after she gets the money is to cut and run. She's going to piece off to the Virgin Islands. Which are not wheelchair friendly. And he's like, well, maybe I'll get a motorcycle like your buddy Cash. 
who she has a crush on pretty obviously this then, entire scene there's two guys with newspapers sitting behind them and they're just holding them up over their faces and occasionally shushing them and it's very eerie and it's very like theater like which is pretty weird because they're in a coffee shop they're not at the library they're in a coffee shop where you're allowed to talk yeah so that was strange i think they just forgot where they were so she leaves for work and we get this weird shush 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 music we should probably describe justin and cinder okay <laughs> so Cinder's a white lady with aggressively dyed red hair um and she kind of wears it in a floofy pulled back at the top in that 2007 bump it style Mm -hmm. um and she wears a lot of dark colors and is kind of pouty all the time has strong daria vibes both in how she looks and in how she acts except that she wears a ton of very pink blush and has sort of orange red lipstick on at all times and a bunch of eyeshadow so it's okay she also has a hot pink backpack yeah and wears like cardigans all the time she is a librarian would you have to wear cardigans in order to absorb the knowledge of the books yeah okay that makes sense and uh i literally have one right here as talon picks and holds up cardigan i love you so much (laughs) 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 um justin is just a white guy with sort of a square jaw and stubble he wears t-shirts and has short cut brown hair which is how we can tell him from cash who has a very blonde wig but they are played by the same actor so they look the same yes which i did not pick up on at all because evidently i'm also face blind i couldn't tell that they looked the same but i could tell that they were acting the same nope i couldn't tell that either i was completely emoting nope i got none of this so she's at work she's at the library and they show this to us by the longest corridor of books you have ever seen and she's slowly moving through them from very far away and it is the longest shot ever and then you think it's over and then it pans closer to her and it's still her just walking through this corridor of books pushing then, like pushing like a completely empty book cart yes just- and then it shows you the same scene but shot from above and then it kind of shows it from the side and she's just walking down the longest corridor of books in the world. Yeah, evidently they really thought they had to establish how many books there were in this library, of which we see exactly one shelf, like one column of shelves. It's great. <laughs> so she reaches to put a back, to put a book back on the shelf and take a book out, but Lenore's face is there, and Lenore has these really round glasses. And her hair is dark in two stubby pigtails or ponytails. And she's also played by the same actress as uh, Donna. Mm-hmm. The type of glasses that she's got, I can't remember. They're called like bottle top glasses. They're, they're, the lenses are incredibly thick. They're, um, they're like the glasses that whatever his name is wears in um, Trailer Park Boys. They're, they have almost literal swirls on them. Yeah, they're very incredibly thick glass. This is bulletproof glass. Lenore tries to talk to her, and Cinder basically very slowly books it down her aisle. Lenore books it 
faster down her aisle and we get this weird slow fast parallel chasing mm-hmm. in which for some reason even though one is walking slowly and the other one is half running they arrive at the corner at the same time and they crash into each other so one of the things that we were told earlier when uh cinderella was bitching about lenore was that she says i'm not she's always following me i'm not sure if she's gonna fuck me or fire me and i think it's pretty clear lenore would like to fuck her i thought that lenore just wants to be really good friends oh i think lenore is super into her i didn't get a romantic vibe i got the romantic vibe that you get from somebody who is too awkward to give off successful romantic vibes oh no (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that was one yeah, uh, so Lenore announces that she has a new Leonard Cohen tape, which is her favorite thing in the world, apparently. Um, she's she's also wearing a black dress with like purpley leggings and chunky black shoes. Yeah, definitely would wear that outfit. She's she's very much acting as super nerd, super nerd. And she's playing this tape for Cinder on a very old cassette player. And Cinder is wishing for death because this is a very painful song and she would just like this moment to end to the point of just collapsing onto the table in just very teenage, uh, make it stop energy, which I felt I've done that. Behind them, there's a sign that says get hooked on books and there's a guy on a ladder trying to hang a fishing rod with like a fish hook on it. It's a, it's like a reading display. That was the most genuine library thing I've ever seen. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> and he starts teeter-tottering on the ladder. So Cinder at this moment is thinking, and we get it in a voiceover, that she hates having to endure Lenore's presence and that she finds herself often wishing that something terrible would happen to her. Nothing fatal, just painful. And as she wishes this, the ladder behind her starts to tip over and the guy falls and the hook that he's threading gets pulled back and it flies through the air and hooks through Lenore's eyelid and she spurts blood everywhere, including on on Cinder. And she's running back and forth yelling, call 911, 9-1-1, 9-1-1. And Cinder just sits there listening to music and it made me wonder if it actually happened or not, but later we see evidence that it did. Yeah, this does in fact actually happen. We also get a quick moment where initially, I'm not sure if this had gone through her eye or her eyelid, but we get this great moment where her eyelid is being pulled off because we find out that that's what happened. And it's like silly putty stretching away from her face. I found that upsetting. Nope, I don't that was like hysterical. Body I'm not super into body horror, but that was so funny. Um, and so all the music, by the way, now is just finger snapping, like the Jets and the Sharks are going to come out at any second and just have a dance off. Yes. Um, but instead, somebody, we find out in a second that it's Cinder, walks past Cash, who works for Donna as a gardener, um, sexily. She walks sexily past him. And oh, I thought you meant he worked as a gardener, comma, sexily. And no, I was so like, yes. He works as a gardener unprofessionally. He does a bad job at it. Cinder walks past him sexily as she walks past 
he snaps a picture of her and then goes back to gardening and then she hangs out in a doorway near him and watches him and fondles a rose very erotically before pricking her finger and going ow damn (laughs) which again foreshadowing it's very subtle oh i like it did you not get it no i love you you're so bad at this (laughs) i didn't anyway (laughs) i suppose i have foreknowledge i did read the synopsis several times Oh, you forgot to mention that he puts on his leather jacket while oh, he yeah. gardens. Yeah, so he puts on his leather jacket and he smokes. And uh, my notes just say he looks like bad boy Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he's, he's got a little bit of a chunk. He doesn't have, you know, when he moves his face, he's got a little bit of a chin. Um, he has like kind of soft features and a rounder face yeah yeah not not he doesn't look tough he not doesn't tough. look tough he looks sweet he scowls but yeah this is bad boy sam gamgee and i could not think of him as any other way all right so we cut to donna now who is getting a massage and giving her girls a stern talking to and i think this was the first point when talon lost just lost it in the notes. <laughs> Talon, you want to you share what happened? So she's telling her two twin daughters who are played by the same actors as the twin daughters in the flashback when Cinder was played by like a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. So presumably like 10 years have gone by and then some. But they're still like five or six they have not aged they've aged and no none. one mentions this no one addresses this i don't know if this was an oversight i don't know if they were like we can't afford two more actors we've got what we've got but then don't do a flashback oh no it all ties together in the end talon it all ties together in the end okay yes it does but but there are no hints until the very end so until the very end we're just going okay sure and donna hates her daughters by the way donna refers to them as uh i didn't write down any of the things but terrible things i i have them written down somewhere oh she calls them birth defects yeah just horrible things she she cannot stand these children but she is giving them a very stern talking to about how they are not supposed to collect chicken claws anymore. They're not supposed to eat them. They're not supposed to gather them. They're not supposed to put them under mommy's pillow. What is that? Is it another chicken claw? And the girls laugh and run away. And then she calls them you morbid little trolls. Yeah, so she doesn't like these children. And <laughs> so just pin in the chicken claws, guys. Just keep a, keep a little mental note around that one. So Cinder comes home. And they have some mean banter back and forth. And basically, Cinder says, oh, I'm going to be out of here in three days. I'm going to get my money. And then I'm going to kick you and your devil spawn out. And Donna's like, oh, too bad. I hoped you'd fallen in front of a bus. Just to hate each other. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Cinder's birthday is on Halloween. That's not important. At all. At all, but I think it was supposed to be thematically relevant. 
but it isn't. So we cut to Cinder's room where she has a dart board with Donna's face on it, which she just throws darts into like a psychopath. And we get suspenseful music and she puts the little clay doll on her desk and just lounges by the window looking at cash. The subtitles now say pensive xylophone music. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, she's getting very turned on by watching him walk away, which we can tell because she starts to finger a lock of her hair suck on her finger and then unbutton the lowest button at her of her yellow cardigan not the top button where her boobs are but the very bottommost button of her cardigan anytime this movie attempts to be sexy it is the least sexy thing i've ever seen and i found that so charming right that was actually really funny so she takes her finger that she sucked on and writes his name cash on the window and then blows on it so it appears yes and then we see Cash's bedroom, I guess, question mark. Question mark. And he has a wall full of pictures of her. And before we thought he was just, I thought, I mean, I guess I don't know what love thought. Before I thought that he was just doing surveillance because he was hired to. But this is definitely like a creepy serial killer wall. Uh, so the pictures are strewn everywhere with pins. And he's saying like, things to them and he's alternating between like I love you baby I've been watching you for a long time to getting angry at her and just calling her a bunch of slurs because she's with Justin and then immediately he's like oh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry baby and then the whole thing just repeats repeats a couple more times and then we get upbeat banjo music is what the caption says that and it says the flower auto badly photoshopped on like a car dealership and it's it's, It's just a parking lot (laughs) it's just a parking lot (laughs) and it's this dude with long hair and a mustache and a goatee and a cowboy hat and he's trying to sell you cars because of his mounting legal costs yep he's saying Uh, he's slashing prices he has a fine selection of automobiles like those over there and those and ain't those nice and most of them run and prices start real low and his history of sexual misconduct has no impact on the quality of the vehicles and then it zeroes in on his face and he goes come to the flower auto where I'll cut you a cherry deal and in all caps I wrote why because I didn't get it until that moment oh my god I got it immediately and it cracked me up. I was laughing the entire time. And so from that, we cut immediately into terrifying child eyes that say, now it's time to sleep. It's terrifying. Oh, and then we get the swirly screen. Screen? Yeah. And weird old timey medical sad show. And it went on, it turns, it turns out that she is watching bad late night television shows but for a second i was just like just, just where go, did the movie go where, where did the movie go are we just watching old-timey surgery go wrong now because i don't i don't mind that but i i thought we were going to be watching the rest of this movie did you catch what they were saying in the medical drama oh no because i was trying to figure out where the fuck my movie had gone the doctor steps into the foreground of the screen and takes off his face mask and goes, I'm sorry, nurse, it's bonular. 
And she goes, no, that means we'll have to perform a backotomy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was pretty great. I would have watched the entire movie of it. <laughs> right? All right. Uh, so then Cinder has a phone conversation with Justin in which she keeps telling him she doesn't know where his figurine is and it might be under all his stuff. And then she's like, I definitely didn't take your idol. And then Baron Somedy appears in her room and goes very like handsomely, I think we should keep our relationship confidential. And I went, oh my God, okay. Yeah, it was a very creepy reveal because it doesn't, he doesn't just appear out of nowhere. He's in the shadows of her room and just walks forward. So you, you get the sense that he's coming before your eyes really can sort of make out that he's there. So it was actually a really nice reveal. And he's in, he's backlit in a dark room by moonlight. So you get his outline, which is top hat. And he's a black dude with like white skull paint on his face. And we kind of see him only from the side or the back at first. Yeah. And her response to a strange man in a top hat and skull makeup appearing in her room is to put the phone onto her shoulder and then pick it back up and say, I gotta go. <laughs> and then hangs up on Justin. So Baron Samadhi picks up the figurine and goes, I am much more handsome than this. And then the subtitles say wicked laugh and then they say laughing wickedly. It's great. The subtitles MVP. And he asks if she has any more requests like the one this afternoon. Um, and she realizes that he's the one that did that to Lenore and he explains that he doesn't cause things to happen. He just helps people get to the right place at the right time. And he calls himself Destiny's little helper. And then he tells her, well, Mademoiselle, we're going to have so much fun together. And he fades away again, laughing wickedly. Uh, the subtitles will say laughing maniacally this time. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a different type of laughter. So we cut to Justin's house, we find out, with her pounding on his door. It's the middle of the night. He opens it and she... He just opens it in the morning. She's been pounding this whole time. Yeah. So, so she comes in and she puts the um, little figurine back sneakily so he doesn't see and says, I hope I didn't wake you. And he goes, no, it's fine. I had to get up anyway to answer the door. <laughs> and then she just sits on his sofa and is very rude. And he, he scolds her for Hi, Justin. How are you doing, Justin? Don't you have a morning class that you need to sleep for, Justin? And then the captions say, playful flute music. <laughs> she turns the TV on and he goes, I can't help feeling a little taken advantage of in this relationship. And she looks at him and glares and he goes, friendship. And then she apologizes. She says she's had a really rough night and that she, she's just sorry. She says, sorry for being me. I can go if you want. And then she bites her lip. Yeah. And then he says, you know, I'm not going to make you leave. And it pans back to her and she rolls her eyes. Yeah, it's definitely not a good friendship. It's definitely a toxic friendship. Yeah. But then we have the cutest scene. It was very cute. 
so she's on the sofa they're both on the sofa she's sitting up he's got his head in her lap and they're just watching old 50s horror movies and sharing a bowl of popcorn and just sort of making fun of the movies the laundry that they're wearing oh it looks like she's got two cones under her sweater do you think her boobs are shaped like that i don't know i hope so just it's just funny my notes go they're sharing popcorn and just critiquing movies maybe they should start a podcast (laughs) it was a very cute scene and then it fades to black and then Cinder is sleeping on the sofa and you see a hand holding out coffee and it's Justin giving her coffee and she goes, gimme, ah, ambrosia. Um, and he kind of looks at her and smiles and she goes, what? And he's like, you look pretty. And then he catches himself and goes, pretty wiped out this morning. You didn't sleep too well? He tells her he's off to class. And she very like meanly goes, oh, what, you're going to be late for Voodoo 101? And she gets him to tell him more about Baron Somedy, who he tells her is like Hugh Hefner, Satan, and a used car salesman combined. And then he gets a little suspicious, rightfully so, and goes, we're just talking here, right? Like, you're not going to mess with this. And she's like, no, no, of course not. Yeah. So we get the line, uh, he guards the way to the dead. He can, he can get you what you want, but whew, payback's a bitch. And so he leaves. I hope I'll see you tonight. Maybe, okay, I'll lock the door when you leave. Just whatever. And so she drinks the coffee with a little doll in the foreground. And then the focus changes so that the doll is in focus and she's blurry in the background. And it's creepy, I guess. And then she leaves and then she returns and steals it again, along with something else. It turns out to be a stapler. It's pretty clearly a stapler when she steals it. I mean, I was writing. I just caught a glimpse of it out of the corner of my eye. So I was like, I don't know, she steals something. So then we're back at the library and we see a finger badly poking at a tape player and it's Lenore. And the joke is that she doesn't have depth perception anymore because she has an eye patch over the eye with the eyelid that got all stretched out. And Cinder in a voiceover tells us that She's not ready to believe in magic without some sort of test. It wasn't as if she'd specifically wished for a fish hug to pierce Lenore's eyelid. Mm -hmm. So could it just been an accident? Uh, Meanwhile, Lenore is putting something in an envelope and she licks the envelope and there's the most aggressive scraping sound as she licks it. And then she goes, oh, paper cut. And it starts gushing blood. We never address that happening. Yeah, go back never, to cinder yeah w- talon and i genuinely are not sure if that was sort of a fantasy or if that actually happened we're going to discuss that further in the after party so cinder decides that she's going to wish for something very detailed with confetti because if she's dealing with the devil he was going to show me some of his splash and then the voice on the tape starts dragging and lenore puts down the book she's reading which by the way is harmonica for the musically hopeless and she reaches out her hand to the tape player and she gets electrocuted and falls on the ground convulsing. Meanwhile, Cinder sticks out her hand with her palm up and confetti slowly falls out of the sky into her hand. And she kind of brings her hands together and blows it into the camera um, and goes, pretty good kung fu, which I didn't understand, but it, it sounded snappy. Yeah. And then we sparkle transition and like a pixelated burst out into the next scene. Yeah. So now she she believes in magic now. Uh, yes. And she is 
she's walking to her car and i have my notes that she's dressed like goth daphne from uh scooby-doo okay and so there's a rose on her car windshield and a weirdly terribly misspelled love note and then it cuts she finds to, it very arousing yeah my notes say cut to her being dot 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 sexy i guess she's lying on her bed fully dressed but like her pants are her jean pants are unbuttoned and her hand is sort of in that general area but not really not really and then um there's a pile of clothes next to her bed on the floor and the baron rises out of them and she sort of grumpily zips her pants up well because he accuses her of having wished for something yes donna and the kids are having a weird screamy fight outside her door and the baron is saying you know are you sure you don't wish for anything and just at that moment she hears a motorcycle rev and looks out the window and the baron sort of goes so like dramatically we forgot to mention that when the baron appears he appears with like her underwear wadded in his mouth oh i thought that was a rose i don't think that was a rose i don't think it was a rose thinking back (laughs) oh god well i'm glad i thought that was a rose until now i'm so sorry that's all right all right so we cut to cash's creepy shrine which has candles all around it and like it's supposed to be a wall full of pictures because we're supposed to believe he's been snapping pictures of her forever but it's only like 20 pictures so it's mostly an empty wall <laughs> so Which it's a, i say adds to the serial killer vibe it it does but i mean it i guess it, it gets the point across it's definitely creepy he's switching between i love you baby and i hate you much faster now and he's decided that he's going to fuck her and then kill her and he goes i love you i could bring you here and we could play ping pong because around here it's the game of love there's a strong ping pong theme in this zombie film for some reason someone bangs on the wall and he yells i'm talking to my girl and then we just hard cut back to cinder who is fitfully sleeping and the little baron semites doll eyes glow red and we get a spiral scream with overlays of memories of Donna being creepy when they first met and a skull, manic laughter. And then we get her dad's voice asking how she's been. He calls her princess. It's cute. And uh, this scene that's happening, the dialogue will be, will be between adult her and dead father who is sort of gl- ghostly glowing but the visuals will cut between him talking to her now and her as a child because it's a dream so it's actually a really well done dream sequence i kind of liked it i thought it was really good yeah so he apologizes for everything that happened and he says i wish i could tell you that everything would be okay but this is just a dream and she goes i mean might help you know you could try anyways and he says i'll see you soon and blows her a kiss and then she gets up in this weird bra cami type shirt and walks somewhere. It's dark. She's moving, but there's no background. There's a moon, more spirals, motorcycle engine revs, and she wakes up because there's a real motorcycle outside. So glad we had that scene. <laughs> yeah, that was 
Yeah. So she grabs her hot pink backpack and runs out. And we get a shot showing us that Baron Samadhi is watching from the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's on the back of Kasha's bike. And they're like moving the background like they're driving, but they're clearly not moving at all. Mm-hmm. Like they're not even leaning side to side like they do in old movies. Nope. And she is staring just, she's sitting behind him, just staring off to the side. She never so- looks at anywhere else, but just directly off to the side. So we get a sign saying that there's a dead end and they pull up to this boarded up house that we've seen the exterior of. It's where Cash has this creepy shrine. And on one of the boarded up windows, it says Fun Shack and Shack is spelled S-H-A-K. Yeah, there's also a cat for a second. We get a scene of a cat just for a minute. Does it ever come back? No. Why is there a cat? I have no idea. I didn't even see the cat. There was a cat. I swear to God, there was a cat. No one in this movie should have a cat. No, no, God, no. Uh, so she goes, what is this place? Which is, I feel like a very fair question when you've just been motorcycled to a creepy boarded up house in the middle of nowhere. And Cash very grumpily responds, it's just a place. Sorry, your highness, the Ritz was booked. And it hits her right, like exactly right. Because she's like, no, Cash, that's not what I meant. And they go in and there's loud music. And I guess it's supposed to be, like, aggressive, but it sounded kind of country to me. It was retro. They were playing stuff that was, it had a very retro vibe, the, the music did. My notes go, it's an underground 50s punk ping pong club with yes, murder. Yes, there's guys, yes, because there's guys playing ping pong, and there's a guy scrubbing a bathtub, and then he picks up his hands, and they're bloody. And then there's a creepy camera set up. And someone's peeing on the wall. But it's also definitely a lady with like a fake goatee and a mustache. And they show later that it's played by the same actress um, as Donna. Thank you. I was. And Lenore. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic use of actors. So he creepily introduces her to the guys that are there. And someone brings her a bright red drink, like red Gatorade. And then sets down a big gallon jar, not like a milk jug, but like a big gallon glass pickle jar full of this very creepy red drink. And she's warned it looks sweet, but tastes like hell and will fuck her up. And she smashes four of them back to back and then looks really dizzy. And we get a very dizzy, confused scene, which if you smash anything four in a row back to back with no food it's gonna mess you up to some extent Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what it is if I drank four ciders back to back I'd be like oh I need to lie down I don't know what her plan was I have no idea what her plan was because she seems surprised that she's drunk did she not intend to get drunk she seems very confused that she is inebriated we then get the scene to establish that she is dizzy and drunk, and this scene lasts a year. It is the, it's supposed to be like, wow, this place is wild, but they can only show us like two people at a time in this place because yeah. that's the amount of actors that they have. Yep. So they just pan to different corners of the room so that we can pretend that all those people are in the same space. Mm-hmm. The subtitles at this point go giddy electronic music. 
while we get these shots. And then it switches to slow plucking strings with an overlay of spirals and what I initially thought were red wheelbarrows, but it turns out that they are just the drinks that she had. Spinning around her like a cartoon. Yeah. And then we cut to a topless dancer. For no reason. There's Just, projections onto her body. Like it's very art. It's very artistic. The presentation is the dance that she is doing is subpar. Um, <laughs> but they're just sitting there, and Cash leaves her to go play ping pong. Yep. And somebody else comes by and says something creepily to her. We don't get to hear what it is, and offers her a hand, and she gets up and goes with him tipsily. And then we get wallpaper that has blood splatter on it in sort of like a dick shape in front of the recording setup (laughs) and she sits down very drunk and he takes out a knife and goes behind her she does not see this and puts her hair aside and it's it's not clear if he's going to cut her or cut her hair or murder her on film but he's going to do something unpleasant and cash stops him but not with a hey man what are you doing but more with a hey man come on that one was mine kind of vibe to it it's not nobody says anything he just kind of menaces him by standing there but that is the connotation yeah it's just like it's not hey man that's a bad thing to do it's hey man that one's mine so cash leads her out and the camera goes fuzzy and then we go back to our topless dancer for no reason and then we go back to cash on a motorcycle with her asleep on his shoulder you can't fall asleep on a motorcycle on the back I mean, or on the front. You can't fall asleep on a motorcycle because you need to hold on to stay on. It's not a... You can't successfully fall asleep on a motorcycle. Thank you. That is a good correction. So they get off and they just go through a forest for a long time and he has a blanket rolled up in his hand. Mm -hmm. This is the same shaky cam found footage that we get from the beginning opening credits, by the way. And they go for a really long time and then they find... Uh, a little clearing and they spread out a blanket and they sit down and then it kind of pans around and there's a shovel behind one of the trees dun 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 Dun. and then it fades to black next we see them laying on their backs smoking after sex and he goes hope it was worth the wait but it's not it's not cinder and cash which is what i thought it was me too and I was very confused. It's actually Cash and Donna, and they're in bed. And it starts from the like above perspective. So I thought that they were just like on sleeping bags or something. It was incredibly confusing. It took me like a long time. And I just had that same moment again well, reading my of, notes. Well, part of that is because Donna's now wearing a long red wig with bangs, where she has been wearing a blonde bob wig until now. Yes, um, that was very hard for me. Yeah, the wig change was really confusing. Uh, no lie. So she goes, when I pay for something, I expect it now. And she wants to hear how it happened again. And she's like, tell me a bedtime story. And so we go back to the scene where he murders Cinder. But now we get it with his voiceover, which is very confused. Yeah, so... What we're experiencing is we're watching the beginnings of Cash and Cinder have sex. Oh, I thought they just finished. No. Because they're smoking. 
well they they are smoking but what we cut to now with the story the way we hear the story of how he murders cinder is we're watching what happened we're watching him and cinder have sex and then he strangles her but overlaid with that we get the voiceover of him telling this weirdly faux erotic story while donna moans and they have sex sounds in the voiceover at one point it comes to a screeching halt because donna has to straighten her wig and then cash goes oh damn it i lost my place and she tells him to get to the end yeah he says she got more than she ever expected and donna goes and the wicked stepmother lived happily ever after yes and then we cut back to the forest and cinderella wakes up topless as the baron is looking on and just sits up and screams and she's not wearing a shirt so her boobies are out and she doesn't have a speck of dirt on her by the way oh none and she is i think she's supposed to be paler now but she was very pale to begin with so it doesn't really read her her eyeshadow has changed from blue to pink and she's wearing white or very pale green contact lenses so she has very pinprick eyes yes uh and baron says happy birthday and she goes i'm dead aren't i and And he goes more or less and she's like what does that mean and he's like less than an hour ago and more than the last time i saw you yeah and she asks snappy yeah it was it was a good there were several really good lines in this and so she asks if she's been brought here for revenge now guys um voodoo is from haiti haiti was uh initially invaded and occupied by the french so the haitian language is very french um so he's been throwing little french words in here he calls her mon petit ferry um but she asks if she's been brought here for revenge and he says may we which the subtitles thought was may we m-a-y-w-e like (laughs) might the two of us and i i scream laughed it was the best i've never been so disappointed and pleased by subtitles at the same time in my life it was phenomenal so he tells her that cash and donna were also fucking on top of killing her and he's like that kind of betrayal always brings them back you were just cherry ripe for the plucking and she and cinder meets this realization with oh man no wonder he was such a shitty gardener and she walks around finding random pieces of her clothes and putting them on and they're not in good condition so she's kind of stomping around like a zombie because she's got one boot on and one soft foot and i thought that was a really cute moment she puts on fishnets uh and then she's she's complaining to the baron that this isn't what she wished for she wanted to fuck cash she didn't want to be murdered and he's like i didn't i don't want to tell you he says i'm not a genie i don't grant wishes i just make things possible i'm also the lord of the dead and she's like do i get to kill cash now and he's like that is a definite possibility and she pulls on her shirt and it's got a strategic rib so one of her boobs is out my notes also say strategically ripped over a boob (laughs) (laughs) so So. (laughs) somebody pulls uh out one of his hat pins and gives it to her and she pulls her shirt together and it's got like his little emblem on it Mm -hmm. and he tells her you have until midnight and then he cackles yes and then we get a long slow-mo shot with dramatic music of her walking away through the woods 
I wrote um, she's trudging. Trudging. You know, to trudge. To trudge. Slow. Weary. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to her house. We hear water gurgling. Stepmother is in a bath. The children sort of peek around the door at her and she hisses at them like a cat and they run away. She's got uh, a mask on and her hair is in a shower cap, mm-hmm. but you can still see her green eyeshadow so that we can tell who she is. Yep. The bath has candles and she has a glass of white wine and it's a really fancy bathtub. It's like one of those triangular bathtubs with jets and stuff. I just got to say, I knew that something bad was about to happen, but I was like, that looks like a really nice bath. You could really enjoy a bath like that before something terrible happened to you. Absolutely. Um, it would be the most relaxing bath of your life, which would end at that point. Yeah, which, you know, go out on a high note. I don't see the problem. <laughs> so the the door creaks open and Donna goes, one drunken night in Mardi Gras and I'm cursed forever because she thinks it's her kids. Mm-hmm. But Cinder is there and she picks up the towel and the stepmother looks at her and sort of disbelief but then sort of smiles and then cinder smiles but not happily and then lots of screaming and uh the foam bubbles fly everywhere and we see cinder from the back and the stepmother screaming and flailing her arms and then we cut to the front and cinderella has smushed her head together like sideways like ear to ear she's smushed her head together like cake it, it was I hilarious picture cherry pie <laughs> it was it was great uh i thought she was gonna drown her because she's in a bathtub but no she just smushes her head together um, she's got zombie strength now zombie strength yeah and she picks up the champagne bottle and you see blood draining down the bathtub and the bra- you there's a brain she puts down oh she puts down the brain yeah which i think would have been pretty smushy given how the skull was uh, smushy smushied but whatever the brain seems to be fine but she doesn't eat it she just puts it down into the sink yeah and then picks up the champagne bottle and takes a swig and walks into her room and throws a bunch of stuff and knocks stuff over well she picks up a little snow globe that has a little palm tree inside and I think it reminds her how she was gonna use the money to go the, to the U.S. Virgin Islands but now she's a zombie and that sucks so she smashes it and then she trashes her room and then mostly off screen and then she stalks out that would make sense oh and it's this cash now in blood on the window oh yeah 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 so we cut to a record playing turns out we're back at justin's house justin's on the sofa just chilling and then the needle magically because no one picks it up just moves off of the record the subtitles now say ominous music and justin sort of looks up when the music stops and is confused and picks his book up and then puts it down and see and cinder is there and he's like jesus he gave me a heart attack and she is backlit and sort of in shadow and he goes are you okay are you hurt and she says stay there just like don't come closer and she asks him did you get a haircut (laughs) and he goes yeah like a week ago and she's like it looks nice and he asks if she's going to stay the night and she goes I don't have all night she returns the stapler and apologizes for stealing things and then all of a sudden she's right in front of him 
and he reaches for a present that he got for her it's wrapped in sort of silver shiny wrapping paper it's under the sofa but then she gives him another hand job and he goes you're cold and she goes all the way through and then we fade to black and open on to her sleeping on his chest and the clock showing that it's 11:36 she asks him to play truth or bollocks and he's mm-hmm. like what now and she's like yes and he's like okay shoot she goes i love you justin and he's like oh that's easy total bollocks and she leans close to his ear and whispers wrong again and then she disappears and he's like cinder and he still has her gift and it's been left unopened we never find out what he got her no i'm very curious we're gonna have to that's gonna be discussed in the after party everybody so please come join us it'll be fun so we cut to cash who is still looking at pictures of her and has progressed from red drink to orange drink now and the door opens and it's her because it's a zombie movie now and she goes lover boy and his friends the other four dudes in this room sort of make a half circle around her closing in being very menacing and we cut to outside where the camera starts to shake to indicate that a fight is happening you know those fights that shake a brick building zombie strength just make it vibrate (laughs) and uh body parts fly all over the place a lot of very different body parts including like i think an eye that got ripped out yeah she punches through someone's skull and then she rips somebody's jaw off Mm -hmm. like mozzarella like just quick sidebar facebook keeps giving me ads for baking pans that are shaped like skulls that you're supposed to put bread dough in and then like pizza sauce and pepperoni oh i used to have some yeah and then like more bread on top and then it makes like a really pretty little skull but then you like tear it open and there's cheese and it was that it was that but theoretically real and again i just laughed hysterically it it was so funny by the way this whole fight scene lasts less than a minute it's extremely fast so it's done now the camera stopped shaking and cash has watched all of this and laughs So Cinder throws down the jaw and Cash is laughing still. And he's like, ooh, oh shit, baby. I'm so glad you came back. And he asks if he can get her a drink. And she just kind of looks at him and he gets a little nervous and he goes, we could play some Pong, but, uh, and the camera pans and there's a head laying there. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. goes, I had something else in mind. And he goes, anything you want, baby. And he tells her that he didn't like any of those guys anyway. And that he loves her. He missed her so much. This is hot. And as he's like walking around her and telling her nice, in quotation mark, things, things, uh, her eyes go back to normal for a while. And then he tells her, I think you, I think I like you better like this. And her eyes go back to like pale green. Mm Mm-hmm. And he goes, let's pick up right where we left off. And she goes, okay, but this time I get to be on top. And she stabs him with the pin and he was holding her photo to his chest. So she's pinned it to his chest the way the photos were pinned on his wall. And Mm -hmm. now her boob is out because the pin was holding her shirt together. And it's very dramatic. And he goes, baby, you break my heart. I died. I died. It was so funny. Because we're meant to believe that this man has just been hat pin stabbed through the heart. (laughs) That's his response. She pulls the pin out. He grabs at her chest, goes to grab at her. 
now her boob is out with a big red handprint on it. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. He convulses dying with a photo of her in his hand, just squirting blood out of his chest. No, and no, then no. It's straight out of his sternum. It's coming from the center of his chest. It, blood is spurting out of his breastbone. His, where his heart should be is fine. His pectoral area is fine. His sternum is squirting blood like someone's got a ketchup bottle there. It was so good. It was so funny. And he convulses for a long time, long enough that the music ends, but he continues to convulse. And then he stops squirting blood and he kind of goes like, oh, that was a, and then he dies. It was amazing. I also at this point noticed that he had cigarettes rolled up in his white shirt sleeve. And I was like, wow, incredible. What a cliche. So she takes her pink backpack and she grabs a set of keys and she leaves and the door creaks as she leaves into the foggy night and we get her voiceover and says i'm afraid to guess where i'm headed from here but after all this shit i plan to get there in style and the motorcycle revs and the voiceover continues with it was midnight and i had one final thought this was the worst fucking birthday i'd ever had and then we spiral zoom out on cash's dead body and you think we're done here, but we're not done because this is the part where everything ties together. <laughs> we cut back to her home where the twins are playing creepily with who even knows. And the Baron is there. And he greets them. And they say, it's Daddy. It's Daddy. He's their father. He's a voodoo god. That's why they have an age. They are immortal. That's why they were conceived on Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. And he says, let's go home, lose the wigs, and then laughs maniacally, and we get the end in curly font. They throw their wigs down, and they're like the terrible wigs, and they step into the shadows with them. It was amazing. It was so pretty good. We then get the, because normally we'd stop now i'm not a credit person but i'm so glad that i read the imdb pages because the reviews were like you gotta watch all the way through the end credits and i was like i mean this thing is only 70 minutes long so okay sure so we get a little bit of what happens next which is the guy who was screwed up the fish hook thing gives lenore a cd player and i guess they're in love now and then we get the credits and then we get a blooper reel of like missed blood shots and I forgot my lines and practicing squishing the heads and stuff. And then we get a weird line in the very end of the credits where they're thanking the people who allowed them to shoot places. And one of the lines in the credits is the grocery store chain that shall go unnamed. And I really want to know which grocery store that is now. <laughs> and then at the very end, the very end, the last thing we get is a scene of Lenore and Cinder sitting in the library. So Lenore goes, you remind me of the girl. And Cinder goes, what girl? And Lenore goes, the girl with the power. And at this point, I started to make a high-pitched noise. And Cinder goes, <laughs> what power? And Lenore goes, the power of voodoo. You do, do what? Remind me of the girl. <laughs> now I need to watch Labyrinth so bad. <laughs> I've never seen it. What? <laughs> okay so this is a david bowie song and the song that happens after this is dance magic dance but he does the whole thing in these skin tight pants so everybody sings this as pants magic pants um <laughs> and now you won't be able to watch that scene with a straight face and he like has goblin babies and throws babies in the air and it's phenomenal uh everybody go watch labyrinth um 
I was so happy about this ending line. My heart is just full of joy and love. So that's the end of our Voodoo Zombie Cinderella, y'all. So, highs and lows. I liked when she was a zombie. Yeah, I wish there had been more zombie time. Yeah, like as soon as she became a zombie and started doing murders, I was like, oh, heck yeah. I thought this was going to be 90% of the movie. Finally, we get to the part and like, I didn't have high hopes, but it met those high, but it met those not high hopes. Yeah, my bar was set very low, but this met expectations. I was really happy. I found it delightful. My low was, I didn't like it when it felt like the children were watching them have sex. Yeah, that was unpleasant. When it cut back and forth between the weird dad dies sex scene and the kids reading, the way it cut it made it look like the children were watching. Yeah, because the light was similar and it was it was unclear at first and it was very like, oh, please let them not be in the room. Yeah, and then later there's that whole scene where they're outside of the room, out of Cinder's room. Yeah. And like they're listening at the door. I didn't like the implication. I didn't like it. Nope, 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 nope. What are your highs and lows? So I think my actual experiential high was just the subtitles. <laughs> just wistful flute music. I, it was great. I think my highest moment was the May we moment. I have never been so happy in my life. Lows, I think, was every time she gave Justin a hand job oh yeah that was gross because it was just like hey here's if you have a friends with benefits situation that's perfectly fine I don't care that's fine but everybody just needs to be upfront with what your relationship is and what your expectations are and I hated the weird duplicity of cinder like you know this guy is in love with you you're tying him up in his wheelchair and giving him a hand job but you're annoyed when he says you're pretty and you have no interest in him whatsoever we're led to believe throughout the entire movie why are you giving him a hand job then why are you touching his penis if you're not into him don't do that it's a bad example <laughs> what would you what would you change about this movie i didn't like the whole bit with cash being paid to kill her but also him having like a weird stalker obsession with her like it should have been one or the other it was weird that it was both agreed agreed i was i was confused about the the imdb summaries just say that he and the stepmother are lovers and have been plotting to kill her for her inheritance and i'm like oh okay cool Mm -hmm. that makes sense that makes perfect Uh, sense yeah but that's not really what was happening what would i change about this movie i would uh I mean, more zombies. I would just put the zombie part, because we could condense a lot of that first part. There were a lot of long scenes that could have been shorter. I want more zombies, more squishy faces, more ripped mozzarella cheese jaws. There could have been more people that wronged her, so she had more people to get through. Yeah, that would have been fine. Uh, In terms of just plotting, I would like her and Cash to speak to one another before he fuck murders her. Because they don't have any spoken lines together. I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. That bugged me so much. I was like, come on. Like, we know she's into him. And we know that he is creepy, sex, murdery into her. But, like, they haven't spoken. And you get the sense that she's got this sort of unrequited 
bad boy Sam Camji crush on him. And <laughs> uh, it, like they just needed a scene where they talked to one another and he said like, hey, looking good or, or something. Literally, that's it. That would have been fine. Or like, what are you doing later? Or literally anything. But look, they made significant eye contact while she like touched the rose once. He wasn't there. He was looking he, at her. He wasn't looking he at her. He smirked after. He snapped a picture. He was he was looking at her, but they weren't making eye contact. He was surreptitiously looking at her, and she was surreptitiously looking at him. They were not aware that they were looking at each other. He snapped okay, a picture well, of her. Okay, well, that's as close as we got. As she was walking away. I just, I didn't like that. So, would you be watching this again? No. I saw it once. I enjoyed it, but there's no reason to watch it again. How about you? I occasionally host uh, terrible Halloween movie parties, so it is possible that I'll be watching this again. I'm not opposed to the concept. Do you think our listeners should watch this? Yeah, I think you should check this out. Like, if what we described sounds like a good time, give it a watch. It's it's pretty boring for the first 45 minutes. It's not a good movie, but it's pretty fun. This is a terrible movie. Just this is go to IMDb and read all the reviews all of the reviews are correct somehow the ones that are like this is horrific acting and the ones that are like this is really good acting it really carries it and I'm like yes to all of those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they somehow managed to convey a lot of personality despite being terrible actors yeah it was it just it's such a weird trip just a weird trip if you like weird stuff uh and you want to do something Halloweeny, but you really don't like scary movies, watch this, because there is not one iota of fear to be had in this movie. There's not even a good jump scare. The closest we get to a jump scare is Lenore. Lenore's face when we first see her. Right, before anything bad happens. Yeah, before it. anything bad happens. That is the first all, that is the closest we come to a jump scare is we unexpectedly see Lenore. I, I also think our listeners should watch this. This is pretty fun. Uh, if what we've described sounds horrible, obviously give it a pass but this I don't think we're overselling it I don't think we're overselling it but like we had a good time this was not I did not have a bad time yeah I did not have a bad time so was this a Cinderella where does this fall on our is this a Cinderella scale I don't think it was a Cinderella because she didn't have like a thing that she wanted throughout the whole movie so I disagree because she wanted the money and she wanted cash it was made very plain that that's what she wanted and she wanted out of her situation Mm -hmm. probably not through death but she did want out of her situation and she made a wish and her fairy godmother got her the thing that she didn't think she could have otherwise but there wasn't really a ball the ball was the weird creepy awful party here's my thing hear me out hear me out she has a real name her name is Cinder. Yeah, I don't like that either. The magical person knows her real name, which ties into our continuing theme of if you tell a fae your real name, your Cinderella doesn't end the way it's supposed to. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So this every time we've had a Cinderella with a name, it's not gone ideally. It's gone poorly for that Cinderella. So that's so strange. Yeah. Oh, spooky. The spookiest thing of all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's your final grade for this movie? 
based on my experience of it, I'm giving this movie a B minus. I think it could have been better. I think it could have really been goofier. I think there could have been more zombies, but I, I did really like it. How about you? Yeah, uh, somewhere in the B range, definitely. Um, I'm tempted to give this a B plus just for the subtitles. The subtitles made me laugh so hard. <laughs> um, and I have a really hard time watching anything even in the genre of horror. And I really want to, but I, I just can't. So whenever I can watch anything that's even vaguely in a horror genre, I'm kind of happy about it. So I'm giving this a B plus. I, I had a good time. There were definitely some humor moments that landed. Could they have done better? Obviously. But they didn't. But also that ending. <laughs> Remind me of the babe. I, I'm still happy about that, y'all. Well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram. Like our Facebook page or email us at the Cinderella podcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages than we did this time, um, <laughs> join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? Uh, so next week, we will be watching the 1975 short Cinderella gets it on. This is from the Carol Burnett show. Oh my god. And I'm super excited. Um my mom recommends it highly. So I uh I think it's going to be a great time. Cinderella gets it on. I'm so scared to have hope, but your mom has good taste. Indeed she does. Indeed she does. So join us next week for uh Cinderella gets it on. Until then, we hope you have a happily ever after.